0: Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I am here today with Brandon Elliott. Thanks for being with us today, Brandon.
1: Jeff, what's going on? Appreciate you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Absolutely. So why don't you start off by telling our listeners who you are and where you're from?
1: Yeah, so my name is Brandon Elliott. I am from New Jersey originally, but I actually live here in sunny San Diego, California. So right. very yeah, I'm blessed to be out here. I, I know that's where you're originally from. So yeah, I'm a real estate professional. I'm a real estate investor. Uh, we have buy and holds over in the Midwest and uh, we do fix and flips locally out here in San Diego, as well as buy and holds, doing the BRRRR strategy, uh, short-term rentals out here, doing Airbnb to make it work. But besides that, a uh, credit specialist. So we have credit education, uh, online course, mastermind group for credit, and uh, I do it for you service for credit repair.
0: Yeah. You have a lot going on. Very interesting creative financing. So I, I yeah. really want to dive into that once we get into the meat of the the podcast here. But first, what got you into real estate?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so, you know, I wasn't always surrounded by awesome people that, you know, uh, exposed me to real estate. But um, I actually kind of grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and just made a lot of mistakes along the way. In New Jersey, I I ended up getting introduced to to weed at a young age, like marijuana, and that took me down a wrong path and uh, just ended up, you know, selling a lot and doing a lot of crazy things. Had an explosion out here in Pacific Beach, actually making hash oil. Uh, very- oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was, um, I was on fire. I made the news, not in a, not in an attractive way. Right. Right. And yeah, ended up having uh, an explosion, had to learn how to walk again, burnt 40% of my body, got skin graft on my arms, legs. And yeah, it was like that turning point, like, hey, I I was just misguided and I needed, I was like, hey, if I'm successful enough to be going and uh, making this little small empire on the wrong side of the tracks, maybe I could do something if I got a little bit of guidance on the right side of the track. So uh, I was doing door-to-door sales, For Kirby Vacuum Cleaner out here locally, and you know it was a thirty-five hundred dollar product that we were door knocking to walk, you know, get our foot in the door to be able to show this expensive product and sell it right there on the spot. Um, So I got pretty good at sales, and I actually got recruited into an investment company here locally in in uh, in Hillcrest at the time. So that was back in two thousand twelve. That was when there was like a a lot of NODs uh, notice of uh, defaults, basically a lot of pre foreclosures. And I got a little bit of education, I always say, but I got a hell of a lot more motivation because there was like, there was just a system in place and, and a lot of just turnaround. We were changing a lot of people's lives and bringing in some money for it as well.
0: Got it. That makes total sense. And it very interesting journey as well. You know, I've, I've had my my run in with getting in trouble and kind of going down the wrong road and then, you know, coming back the other way. And, uh, myself, I'm seven years sober now. And, uh, it's been an incredible journey, you know, ever since making that choice, my life has improved in every way, shape or form. And I was golfing with an old college buddy last weekend. He's like, you think you'd ever drink again? I was like, why (laughs) (laughs) literally every single aspect of my life has gotten immeasurably better. since quitting all of that yeah why why would i cash in my chips and go back to that lifestyle that's just you know at this point i can't even fathom it so yes i i totally resonate with that journey and good for you for you know making the transition because i do believe people can change i i'm a person who has changed but gosh it's hard work
1: it is man uh, (laughs) it it is hard so i kudos to you man seven years is is no joke um so that's really awesome but Thank yeah, you. I can definitely relate and agree with you. It's, it's been a long road, but definitely blessed that God gave me like a second chance to really pivot my life on going down the right tracks now. And now I have the right influence around me as well. You know, like the average people that you spend the most time with, Yep, it's night and day difference. And that's, you know, I, I have to give a lot of credibility to that.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Great to hear. So Let's dive in on some of the innovative financing that you've been able to do. You know, in in one of your bios, it talks about the purchasing real estate with credit cards. Yeah. (laughs) So that's going to probably blow away most of my listeners who, in a lot of cases, are top professionals out there. And, you know, they've been in real estate 20 years or 30 years, and they've never heard of that. So... You know, I'd love to hear that story and and have you dive into kind of how you discovered it and then maybe give an example of a deal.
1: Yeah, so, you know, real estate has changed my life. I I can't deny that by any means. I love real estate, but credit has been like the fuel to the fire to be able to kind of ignite that and, and to be able to get to where I am today. So, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And just having that personality type that I'm going to figure this out one way or the other, I didn't have that much money saved up. I had 35,000 from working two restaurant jobs at the time, uh, trying to get back on my feet and get on the right tracks. I didn't know how to do it. So I just like, I worked my ass off, just working as many hours as I could and studying real estate on the side. So I ended up, you know, at this point, we've purchased properties with credit cards, several. We've completed all of our remodels on credit cards and that's been able to save us from contractors not getting screwed over by the contractors thankfully cuz i made that mistake you know utilizing my credit putting the the cash from the credit cards in my bank and then paying the contractors with cash i don't do that anymore you know now i just have them take and accept credit cards so that saves me and then we've even done hard money lending with credit at you know on secured assets like real estate to be able to make a strong roi in just a few months so Yeah. Some ways that we've done it, you know, simply just calling up like my very first, I think it was my third property that I finally actually purchased a property with a credit card. And what that looked like was I got this awesome opportunity. I got it under contract. I had a credit card at the time that it was, it was either at like, I think it was either 30 or 60,000 in credit lines for this one particular card. And I kept on getting these offers in the mail for like a balance transfer. Right. And one of them offered basically, you know, I called them up. I asked if there was any promotional deals going on. They said that they could do almost like a cash advance, but it would be a 3% transactional fee. So they simply just wired the amount of availability that I had on that card into my bank account, a 3% fee, and then it was 0% interest for 18 months. So I was able to take that that cash. And, you know, my very first two properties, I I utilized that strategy to be able to complete the remodels and also some of the down payment. But um, on that third one, I just literally ended up buying a property with it. And I used other credit cards to be able to complete the rehab, which was like 30 grand. Right. Yeah. I'm in love with the whole creativeness of, you know, real estate. You can get very creative, very savvy. And it's all just about the education. If if you surround yourself with awesome people doing those things, you'll be able to figure it out.
0: Yeah. So interesting. And then through that process of diving into credit cards, you began offering credit repair services, right? Because you kind of became (laughs) an expert and a master of it.
1: Yeah. So we've been doing like credit stuff for the last 10 years. But what what really got me into coaching and helping more people with the credit side and starting up our own credit repair business was really because I was trying to show people how much real estate has changed our lives. You know, just a handful of properties within a a year or two. And we were able to like quit our jobs. We were making passive income and like, you know, you don't need that many properties to be able to do something like this. So, so I was just like letting people know. And I was just so excited, you know, like fired up. And everybody, almost every single person that I spoke with, acknowledged real estate was an awesome tool, an awesome strategy. They all resonated with it, saying, you know, somebody in the family did it or somebody successful they knew and that they wanted to jump into real estate sometime in the future. But they all assumed that they needed a ton of capital to be able to, to do so. And that just wasn't the case for us. You know, like me and my wife, Jennifer, like we weren't able to do that. So, we utilize credit. And I was like, Hey, I can show you how to do the same thing just with credit. And, uh, and then we started showing more people, helping out more people They they they're getting awesome results. But then we started having people come in and they didn't have the FICO score that was proper enough to be able to get the big credit lines, or they just needed a lot of repair. So that took us down a path of, Hey, let's figure this aspect out. Let's hire on some experts that have been doing it for 25 years and let's mm-hmm. start changing people's lives with this this strategy as well
0: yeah interesting and it does seem like a byproduct of everything that you were doing and and you know helping to leverage so you know you have a, a seems like a mastermind community that is, is built around this right
1: yeah we we ended up creating a mastermind group it's it's called credit Council elite um, so credit council elitecom it how we look at credit is like a four-step Process, right? It's uh number one is educate, number two is fix, number three is build, and then four is leverage. So a lot of people just need to start off with that education side, right? It's like understanding kind of like real life monopoly. You gotta learn how to play the game before you actually jump in, right? So learning how the banks and, and lenders are judging us and how to play the game. Number two is fix. We can we can fix any type of credit profile, bankruptcies, you name it. And we can teach people how to do it very quickly as well. Um, and then after that, building up several six figures, if not even up to seven figures in funding, either on personal or business uh, within a short time frame. And then after that we we show you opportunities that you can either put it into like Walmart automation stores, which is you know something new right now that people can have a six figure business and be completely hands off or real estate you know there's so many different ways
0: yeah very interesting and certainly something that I'll link to in the show description because that's appeals to so many people out there you know even just the fact of having a different passive asset outside of real estate cuz some of my listeners are so heavy into real estate that they're looking to diversify their portfolio so yeah. that you know hands off <laughs> passive asset through that Walmart automation store, that might be something interesting as well.
1: Yeah. And we're, we're so confident in our results with this stuff that we actually give guarantees that if somebody with the Walmart automation store, if you don't get your money back, uh, your principal back within 12 months, then we'll give you the difference. You know, if you only made 20000 and it's at that, you know, a $30,000 store, we'll give you the other 10 back um, because our worst store has, has got all their money back in six months. So nice. we'll, we'll always outperform.
0: No, that's super cool, and and something that's that's interesting. So back to you know real estate in regards to you know assets under management. Do you, how uh, many doors do you have now that that's in your portfolio?
1: Yeah, we have uh, twenty. It might be twenty-two at this point. We 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 just got a, another property. It's funny, like we're doing a remodel on this one property in Old Town. You're you're familiar with San Diego, so Old Town. So two properties over. Uh, we ended up getting into contract a creative deal, a uh, dollar down in into escrow. It's a nine nine hundred and ten thousand for the purchase price and a ten thousand dollar fee, basically if I don't perform or if they somehow back out as well before we close uh, to hold each other accountable. But yeah, that's a duplex currently, but we plan on adding an ADU in the back as well for an additional two units. Same thing that we're doing in Old Town on our uh, current duplex as well. So. So yeah, it's about 22, but it will be a little bit more in the next couple months.
0: Got it. And did you source that off market? I'm curious what your lead generation strategy looks like.
1: Yeah, so my lead gen has always been really uh, networking and and relationships. Um, So we got the first property in Old Town from a wholesaler. And he ended up hooking us up with a property in North park previously. So a fourplex, uh, so just relationships. And then that one that I was just speaking of, that's the neighbor house two, two houses down, that was just building the relationships with the neighbors, listening to, to what their pain points were and trying to create a win-win, you know, situation. Uh, what's cool is we just got into escrow like a month ago. But they have a family of, you know, five young kids. They had it in escrow uh, several months ago and the seller couldn't perform. So, and they really did not want to list it again because they didn't like how open house there's so many people coming through their house. They didn't like that. And they didn't, once they saw how much the agent was going to make, they didn't like that either. So, um, so yeah, we just created a win-win situation. They wanted extra time before they they could actually move out. So they asked if we could close in September first, which is perfect for me. It buys me more time to raise capital and or utilize credit. And uh, yeah, it's an awesome win-win.
0: Yeah. So really, identifying what they truly wanted, yeah, what their pain points were after you were introduced to that, and you know, once again. You mentioned a wholesaler in there, which is, a you know, that's a key relationship. Yep. But I kind of got lost in the middle. How did you find the the current deal that you're talking about with the $910,000, like $1 down? How was that? Yeah, that, it, that was from talking to neighbors of a, of yeah, a that, deal?
1: No, that, yeah. That was just talking to a neighbor. He does uh, construction. So as we were demoing the, the current property that we got from the wholesaler, he ended up walking through the house and I was like, you know, like, who's this guy? You know,
0: yeah, <laughs> I
1: ended yeah, up yeah. randomly being there at the time and I see him just like walking through and like checking out my guy's work. And I was like, hey, who are you? But uh, so it was kind of funny. We ended up connecting and we've just been, you know, good friends as the months have gone by as we're doing this current remodel. And then during those quick little conversations, we're talking, I'm starting to identify and realize certain pain points that they had. And I was like, "Hey, you know, if you guys do want to actually move and and hit your goals of whatever that is moving forward, then maybe we could set up an off-market deal so you don't have to pay the commissions and make it a win-win situation." And he loved it. You know, we talked to his wife about it, and they were in, and uh, we were able to negotiate a a win-win situation. So, it's a huge blessing.
0: And it was an expired listing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just you know, one-on-one. So it was cool.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So I'm curious about your entrepreneurial journey and what's the single most important action you take on a daily basis that you would attribute most to your success?
1: Uh, I think just like commitment to, uh, I want to say like performance throughout the day, but I write, I write down my goals the night before. So I, I have what I'm going to be doing the next day. I like to time block as well. And then you know, we start off our day early, uh, waking up at 530 every morning, hitting CrossFit down the street. And uh, literally the
0: same schedule as me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we got a morning drink that I do every morning, you know, just the routine. And I feel like the consistency of that and certain days you wake up and you're like, hey, I don't want to do it today, but still doing it, it makes you feel good. And it really just like preps my morning. So after my shower, after I, grab some coffee and, and get some food, then hit emails and start start knocking things out and um, chopping off my list, I guess.
0: Yeah. So to break that down into that single action item, would you say it's the the time blocking and, and committing to the routine? Or is it that you mentioned at the very beginning, setting goals the night before?
1: That is very crucial because if I, I've done this as well, like I I've, Forgot to set up my night, like like kind of prepping your night for, or you're prepping your day for the next for the next day, the night before. I've messed this up several times, and then I'll always pay for it the next day because I'm like lost in the morning. I'm like shit. Like what? What do I really need to do today?
0: Right, because uh, to, you're to in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's. I think that is very crucial, and not enough people are doing that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point, and you know, with that being said. I'm curious what your thoughts are on the future of the industry. I mean, you know, what are your like five, 10 year projections on what a real estate transaction is going to look like by 2030?
1: Oh yeah, that's so good. I love, uh, you know, dreaming big and, and thinking about, cause we're in such a pivotal moment right now that God knows what's gonna happen tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's like so many crazy things that are in the mix right now. I do truly believe I've actually had some friends that have purchased real estate with crypto. Um, So I think that's pretty cool. I I really do anticipate that that's going to be something way more common in like, you know, 2030. Besides that, you know, in the next coming years, you know, God knows really there's so many different moving pieces. I think we're obviously in some sort of bubble, like we're printing out so much money, the government's doing crazy things. I truly believe that something will probably happen to bail out more people. And who knows who's going to end up paying for this. But I do anticipate that interest rates will go up a lot higher, truthfully. And so doing the burst strategy, we need to cash out refi uh, sooner than later. But I think it will probably get more onto the creative side of real estate by doing more seller financing. Because even just this last year with Franny and Freddie, you know, traditional loans, it's getting more difficult. They want to see a ridiculous amount of paperwork to actually get entrepreneurs like you and me more qualified for these uh,
0: self-employed is the worst.
1: Oh, yeah, man. They like they're butchering us this year. And so that's something that if that continues going down that path, I believe it's going to flip-flop a little bit and get more onto the creative side of, hey. You know, you give me a down payment, we'll do seller financing. Just you and me, instead of going to a bank, you give me a down payment and I'll hold the note for you. And it's going to be a higher interest rate. So I think right. more on that creative side, we'll, we'll probably be more on seller financing.
0: Yeah, all very astute observations. And, you know, I think those are great predictions of where things are definitely heading, especially with the self employed. I've talked about this on the show. I, I think that that is a huge opportunity to unlock buying power in the United States is to change some of the regulation and how self-employed income is measured. Because as a self-employed individual, I'm by far making more money than I ever have in employee positions. Yeah. But I was qualified, you know, three or four years ago for more than I could get qualified for today because I had a W two job that I was transitioning out of. And so it's, it's crazy, it, isn't it? It's so crazy. Yeah. And yeah, now I'm I'm playing the game where I'm you know, a W2 employee of my own company and I'm paying yeah. myself every month and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm creating that paper trail for myself. But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's like they're not factoring in so much more that's coming in and, and flowing to me as an individual and my ability to then purchase real estate. Yeah. And it's, it's such an interesting game that you play between like writing things off and paying you know almost no taxes as a business owner or you know being qualified for more so that you can purchase that home so you kind of eat the tax for that one year so it's it's interesting and i think that a lot of buying power is is pent up in all these self-employed individuals where pretty much the only option is you just buy cash if you're if you're Uh, self-employed and that, that shouldn't be the case
1: yeah, it's definitely putting us in a tougher predicament, but just like you said, it's like you got to think outside the box, get more savvy and do your, you know, your paperwork correctly. There's a lot more opportunities out there that we just need to pivot though. It's, it's becoming a little bit more difficult, but at the same time, you know, I just heard the other day, there's uh, potentially a blockchain company that will do a cash out refinance within 48 hours. Because mm-hmm. they can literally have a computer system go through all of your bank accounts for the last two years uh, within minutes, see if you qualify within the first day. And then the next day they're funding your account, you know? So it's wow. like, wow. there's some crazy stuff out there that's in the mix. And yeah, who knows what tomorrow looks like?
0: Yeah, who knows? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm curious about digital marketing. You know, I own a real estate marketing agency and I'm curious <laughs> if you're leveraging it at all to generate leads or to, you know, when you do sell in, in the future to, to like yeah. leverage the, the power of digital marketing for the listing, um, you know, are you using it at all? Like, is that a part of your business?
1: No, it isn't. And it should be honestly, like mm. that's, I'm I'm probably messing this part up. I I do admit to it. Truthfully, we just utilize relationships. So um, any lead generation, it's all from it's all from like people that are sending us uh, well qualified leads. They know we can perform because we've done it so many times, and we go in with very you know we'll go like fifty thousand uh, dollars hard, no contingencies, and close in ten days. You know, so we're very confident with our offers. We're very confident because. Uh, we have credit to back us up just in case. And then we have a lot of private money as well. Yeah, so we're not doing any marketing like we should. I, I would say though, personal brand is very important. It's very huge. You know, we I do contribute a lot of the personal brand like social media or podcast, uh, our podcast as well. You know, it's putting yourself out there and being consistent, showing up each day and uh, and just adding value, trying to help out as many people as possible. It always comes back and yeah, and helps out.
0: Got it. So you're using some organic strategies, like yes. podcasting and social media content to promote the brand.
1: Yeah, exactly. For the personal brand size.
0: Just that direct response advertising aspect is is the part that's missing.
1: Yes, exactly. Got it. Yeah, yeah So I need to talk sense. with you after this about that then.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk. I yeah. do find that, you know, it, it takes that strong brand and focus on customer service to get to the level where you can then reinvest in advertising, but to oh, yeah. create that control over your, your metrics, the control over the the lead flow, the deal flow. Yeah. Advertising is, is second to none. I mean, it's literally once the system's in place, it's a dial, you can just turn up when you want more deals sure. and you know, the other case turn down, if you want to maybe go on vacation or whatever it is, yeah. you know, come back and turn it back up and there's appointments in your calendar again. Yeah, so, and it,
1: and it's all trackable, which is awesome too. You know the exactly, KPIs, you yeah. can really keep track. And you know, as business is doing well, or like you said, turning it up, you can hire on more people at the time mm-hmm. to be able to really grow your business because that's
0: what. Yeah, and that's need. that's one of the bigger concerns of my broker clients yeah. is I can recruit agents, but they're going to be hungry when they get in here. Are we sure. going to have leads to feed them? right? And when they have my system in place, they're confident in doing that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we could totally talk after and, uh, you know, happy to uh, to dive into that. So, with your experience in credit investing and just overall, you know, real estate transactions, are there any bad recommendations that you hear given to real estate professionals? You know, like what advice should they ignore?
1: That's such a good one, man. I hear a lot of nonsense out there each and every day. You know, something I think people should ignore is, and I don't know if this is necessarily like advice, but something that I see frequently is kind of like the jumping from, from uh, strategy to strategy, because we're all on social media. We're all watching uh, somebody that makes something look amazing, easy, you know, like bread and butter, um, whether it's wholesaling, flipping a house subject to, you know, rentals, Airbnb, Nothing in this game is easy, but if you stay focused on it, laser beam focused and being brand new, but you, you have the guidance, you have the mentorship, you focus with intention to hitting those goals and you don't give up, you will reap the rewards. Like you will get successful from this. And it's just, I see a lot of people jumping onto one track and then they think they want to be a wholesaler or fix and flip. And then as they start trying to do it months into it. They're like, they give up because it starts getting difficult. It starts getting hard. They don't want to pick up the phone calls, whatever it may be. And then they see somebody on social media doing a different strategy, making it seem like effortless. And it's only because that person's been doing it for five, 10 years and uh, has mastered it. Right. So I would just say like, figure out all your, all the strategies to make money in real estate, if that's what you want to do and figure out what you resonate with, what your time um, management allows, what your resources allow, money management. And then if if that's the strategy you fall in love with, then like laser beam focus on that and give it at least six to 12 months before you jump ship and jump on new, some, you know, new strategy out there.
0: Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. One of my top clients, he's been a broker for 25 plus years. He says, do not start something new unless you're willing to commit a year to it.
1: Yeah. I see so and, many people yeah. within just the first couple of months. It's crazy. I'm like,
0: just yep. because they yeah.
1: see somebody on social media that sold them on the idea of something easier, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. So that brings up a good question that requires you to say no to things. You got to yes. focus on this. So yeah. what's your process for evaluating what to say no to?
1: Yeah. It's such a good question because, you know, we're constantly putting ourselves in in networking situations, mastermind groups, opportunities that that a lot of great opportunities are coming around. And I am normally like a yes type of person, because, you know, I want to take advantage of opportunities. I want to capitalize on that stuff. If you're constantly saying no, then you're missing out on a lot. But I'm a big firm believer in goals as well. And if you commit, if you say to yourself in the mirror, you commit to, hey, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to, not stop until i finish it then i think it's so so important and crucial to prioritize that no matter what opportunity comes your way as long as it's not interfering with you you know actually finalizing and, and capitalizing on what you committed to because it's a slippery slope if you start jumping around at everything or if you let yourself down or give up or or quit it's just you're opening the doorway to start traveling down the wrong path. And I don't wish that on anybody.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. And I appreciate you sharing that. Are there any quotes you live by and think of often?
1: Oh, I got a bunch of quotes. I'm trying to think of uh, what I like the most. I think it's so funny. I, one of our assistants posted this the other day, uh, caught me doing pushups and uh, Brandon Turner, uh, he stated in the past, like you can't outsource your push-ups. I just think that's so funny because we're in a season of like outsourcing as much as we can just to buy right. back our time. There's a lot of little things that we're doing that it's like, you know, this can be outsourced. So why why aren't we doing that? And uh but push-ups, working out and like bettering yourself, reading books, it's like that's the stuff you can't outsource. So you gotta put in the work. So I love that quote. There's a bunch. Um I can't think of any others off the top of my head.
0: No, that's a great one. I've never heard it, and I love that. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you can outsource a lot, but you can't outsource personal development. You know, physical, yeah. uh, physical strain of like going through the workouts that you need to go through every single day. You know, that you just can't outsource that stuff. So, yeah, really good
1: pushing through. Yeah,
0: yeah. The adversity as well. I love that. I'm curious if you have any like absurd habits or like anything off the wall that you just love i love it's a, huh? it's an interesting question and yeah. let me kind of give you an example sure. so i have this it's almost like a camelback backpack where it's like okay really slim and like fits your body yeah. but you plug it into your phone and put headphones on and it creates the feeling of it's a subwoofer it creates oh. the feeling of like being front row at a concert with like this yes. huge sound system there they yeah. have so it. sub sub pack
1: so yeah i've heard of this that's awesome
0: <laughs> i love it like music yeah. is it really speaks to me and and i can instantly change my my mood by listening to some of my favorite songs but this takes it to the next level i mean you feel it like oh this, yeah the, the low end is is such a powerful part so that's something that i just love it's weird i don't know i don't care but that is weird is any... but i
1: love it bro <laughs> I love it. it's so weird that anything? i want to get one as well I, I have heard about this before though and uh, everyone cool i tell somebody that
0: everyone i tell says that they're like i need one
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no that's cool man you know i don't (laughs) the only thing yeah i don't know i can really even think of something that's like super weird i got a really strong like sweet tooth so yeah i just like like bad things for you and i just got done uh 75 hard uh, which is like a workout type of thing and just mindset stuff so that you know, I, I like pigged out for the first couple of days of uh, just eating all the sweet stuff that that I missed. But now I'm back on the routine of eating well again. Um, right. So I think right. that's more of like an addiction. I don't I don't know if that's <laughs> of, uh, you know some kind of weird thing. Um, yeah, that's
0: all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious if like in the last five years, any new beliefs, behaviors, or habits have improved your life drastically? Like, is there' one thing that that really has shifted or like move the needle?
1: Sure. Yeah. I think just my, like the first thing that comes to my mind is just my relationship with God has gotten stronger just with my church as well. And I wouldn't say like personal growth, but just cause I've, I've been down that, that road for a while now, but, but yeah, just networking, getting, I'm naturally more introverted type of person, believe it or not. And just getting outside of my comfort zone and like networking, helping out, telling my story, just being like vulnerable like that in the beginning of you know, I used to be a drug dealer. You know, I was selling weed a bunch of pounds in the mail, and had an explosion in my apartment—like stupid stuff like that. I would normally not be so open about, but you never know the the outcome or the ripple effect that it could make, whether good or bad. And um, ideally, we're trying to impact more people's lives for the better, and hopefully, that can my testimony can help you know change somebody
0: else's. Got it. Yeah. So your relationship with your higher power has allowed you the the humility to share your story.
1: Yeah, just the freedom yeah. as well, not putting so much pressure on myself anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can agree with that. And you know, being an investor, a real estate investor, what's one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made? You know, it can also be non-monetary.
1: Okay. Yeah. Recently like invested in like a crypto hedge fund and just getting like Obviously, we're in a bull market right now, whether what today is and how low uh, the market is, or whatever. But but the team that's running it is just making some ridiculous type of ROI for us. Uh, the Walmart automation stores are completely hands off and like a you know six figure business. That's pretty damn impressive. That like I don't need to worry about and and that's bringing in passive income. So stuff like that has has been I wouldn't say like life changing, but it's a good feeling waking up knowing that, hey, we just made like 10 or 15K this morning and I didn't do anything, you know? So that's, those are good days.
0: Absolutely. And definitely something that is very interesting to a lot of people. And, you know, it's awesome that you're sharing that information with the world as well, you know, through your mastermind. So, you know, is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to expand on from earlier?
1: You know, nothing comes to the top of my head. You're... I love this interview. This is probably one of the best ones I've been on.
0: Thank you. So, yeah, uh, no, I I think this was awesome. All right. Well, how can our listeners contact you?
1: Yeah, so you can follow me. uh, You can reach out on Instagram at Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. Uh, If you needed any like credit repair services done for you, then we have creditrepairmobile.com. Or if you wanted like any information on... Our credit education and, and learning how to build up credit very quickly or leveraging it into some of the options that we have, then uh, creditcounselelite.com. And then we also have a podcast that we put out a new episode every Monday. Uh, it's Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast.
0: Awesome. I will link to all of that in the show description. So thank you so much for being here, Brandon Elliot. to everyone. Very interesting hungry, young entrepreneur that I'm excited to have on the show. Uh, Very interesting financing with using credit cards to purchase homes and real estate investments. Really cool story. So thank you for being on. And I know that our listeners are going to love it.
1: Yeah, Jeff, you are the man. I I really do appreciate your time. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah, blessing to all your guys' listeners. Appreciate you guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening.